Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spoiler Party. I'm Claire. I'm Micah. And today, we are talking about The Falcon Always Wings Twice by Donna Andrews. I know we said we were going to talk about something that wasn't Donna Andrews, but turns out January has sucked so far. It has sucked so far. And we kind of wanted a non-quantity comforting read, and we just kind of gravitated to um, this. It's actually the newest because the newest one is the 2020 Christmas book that we haven't managed to get our hands on yet. But other than that, the newest uh, Meg Langslow mystery. Um, so this is a non-Christmas related Meg Langslow mystery. Woo! <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know what you wanted me to do there. Nothing. I'm just, um, you know. Mm-hmm. So we'll get back around uh, to, uh, oh shoot, I already forgot the name of the book. It is nine called Fox Gambit. Is nine Fox Gambit. Do? Yeah, we're yeah. going to Nine Fox Gambit. I only have five days left on my audiobook borrows, so I'm gonna get cracking on that. Mm. Anyway, today we're going to talk about the Falcon always wings twice. But first, I'm going to share a fun fact. You are. So, have you ever wondered why most blue flavored candy and ice cream, etc., is blue raspberry flavored no wow (laughs) okay for people with inquisitive intelligent minds it may have been like what the fuck why is this a raspberry flavored thing raspberries aren't blue i was always excited oh it says blue raspberry on the box i figured it was just whatever i got excited about it okay okay i'll tell you the truth i always thought it was just a fake flavor i mean it is well, I just mean when I saw blue raspberry, I, I see blue. I assumed it was a Kool Aid something or whatever. It's, it's so. vaguely raspberry flavored, and okay. so much as any of these things are. Right. Yeah. Anything the, flavored. The reason why I wasn't curious is because like, um, blue raspberry is such an obviously fake thing to like in my brain sure, or whatever sure. that I was just like, ah, well, whatever. So the first thing you find if you Google it mm. is that there is a rare variant of raspberry that's like a bluish color, right? Mm. But like. That's not it, y'all. Of course not. Stop trying to say that's it. It's not it. Um, Why would that be it? And they're similar to blueberries in that when you squish them, they are not blue at all. So (laughs) it still kind of uh, doesn't work that well. No. Um, So this was something, uh, a fact that was discussed on another podcast I listened to called Proof, which is from the same people who do America's Test Kitchen. And it talks about like kind of weird food stuff. Mm -hmm. So give credit where it's due. Um. So, if you go, like, the next step down the rabbit hole, you find a theory that when um, the red number two food coloring was found to be dangerous and it was outlawed or whatever, um, like, candy mm-hmm. producers, etc., were left with a glut of raspberry flavoring, but no red food dye to match it. And uh-huh. so, they were just kind of like... We're going to make this blue because previously nothing had been blue because what's blue? Nothing's blue. Right. Because blueberries aren't really blue. We've covered this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great, except for the fact that some blue, like freezer pops and stuff, were already being produced before red number two was outlawed. Like some mm. blue raspberry flavored stuff was already being produced. So that doesn't actually track. Oh, okay. 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 Um, so... What actually seems to be the case is that what really drove the production was um, popsicle and like ice cream manufacturers or whatever wanting to be able to make red, white, and blue Fourth of July treats. Mm. And you may be thinking, okay, well, the logical choice for the blue then would be blueberries because at least they look blue and they're common. Mm -hmm. But turns out blueberries really weren't that common back then. We think of them as a super common fruit now, but... It took a long time for us to figure out how to actually cultivate blueberries. Oh, so it so used to be... We didn't know how to, we just, they were just growing out there. Yeah. Them shits, but we didn't know how to It used to be like if you were in, in an area that had wild blueberries, sure, right. you definitely ate blueberries. Blueberries weren't like unknown. Right. But they weren't cultivated and so they mm. weren't at all common. Mm. And so they ended up using raspberry because that was just like what they so decided to go the, with. So this is the story of uh, all Americans eating the same food. With like... Now, like, so oh yeah, there's no yeah. like regional variants yeah. or much less regional variants right. or whatever. I'm trying to murder used to be like if variants. you wanted to eat a bunch of blueberries, you had to be in Maine or whatever, right. you know. Exactly. 
Um, so something else that they discussed on this on this same episode that I thought was um, really interesting was, have you heard of? I mean, I feel like most people have heard about this, but like the like vaguely heard of like a study where they had some people eat some food and they put like a light filter on it and yes. they changed the color of the foods and the food people all got really sick and yes. they were like ah, i can't eat this or whatever Correct. yes i have heard of it it's completely fake sick yeah um and there's some like weird compilation of things that basically kind of seem to add up to the story that gets told oh. um there's oh so it's not like totally made up there's like four different stories and they've been combined into one story one story that is much more like definitive the, right. than anything that actually led to it. Right, right, right. Um, so, like, the story, the 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 thing that people actually point at in terms of being like, this is my source, is basically like two sentences out of an article in a marketing magazine written by a marketing magazine editor mm, love from that. an extremely non-scientific, like, basically anecdotal situation. Did she also happen to be uh, not actually a married woman, nor did she have a child? And <laughs> the cooking tips are all from her uncle Felix. Um, no, this is not Christmas in Connecticut, oh, but nice my try. Bad. Oh, my <laughs> but yeah, so then yeah, then you start discussing like marketing things around the colors of food, and for a long time, only things in the freezer section could be colored blue because the marketers insisted that blue was a cold color, and that the consumers could not conceive of the idea of anything being blue that wasn't cold. So like yeah man they think y'all are fucking fools took a minute to make Jolly Ranchers or whatever you know they are they think they really think you guys are <laughs> fucking idiots I just want you to know that yep yep but it, I was just thinking it always makes me think of green eggs and ham mm. in terms of food turning different colors because I was like I'll eat the green eggs and ham mm-hmm. that's fine absolutely that looks whatever I mean I don't like ham but right. other than that when I was a kid I hadn't really discovered that I was allowed to not like ham. Mm. So I was like, whatever, I'll eat the ham. Right. I ordered the the ham sub at Subway whenever we stopped there on car trips for years before I realized that I could just get turkey instead. Like, I guess my mom or whoever started me out on ham when I was too young to order for myself. And I just kept eating ham because I, mean, I realized it is there like was another the option. It's the default option for a lot of people. <laughs> the ham and cheese sandwich, et cetera, yep. et cetera. So. Yep, the little like round kid's bun that I don't even know if mm-hmm. they have at Subway anymore. Well, and you, have, no idea. you used to have the little punch cards and wow. or not punch cards, little sticker cards. I think it was mm, that led oh. up to getting a free sub. Nice. Anyway, we've gone wildly off track. Never. <laughs> not us. All right, so let's discuss the book. I'm gonna let you start <laughs> off because I've been talking just nonstop. It's not that long. It's only been six minutes. Nonstop. All right, so this book is really we've talked a lot over the Christmas editions, if you've listened to those, about um, how Meg Lingslow is a blacksmith. And mm-hmm. they'll let you know that she's a blacksmith. But she doesn't do much blacksmithing in, in, in any of these Christmas books or whatever, right? But this book, we are blacksmith again. Yeah. Um, Although, to be fair, she actually does much less blacksmithing in this book than she should, given the premise of the book. G- given the premise of this, yeah. She doesn't actually do a lot of blacksmithing. But she does some. But this is the most blacksmithing she has done since the last time she visited her grandmother Cordelia up on Sugar Mountain. So Biscuit Mountain. Biscuit Mountain. Sugar Mountain's low. Biscuit Mountain. <laughs> uh, yeah, Biscuit Mountain. I don't know. I just I just and just planted Sugar Mountain into this area. Fair enough. Now people know where we live. We don't have to live anywhere close to Sugar Mountain, but like dun dun dun. Anyway, we know that we know that one exists. Um, totally went way off track there but no so this book actually it takes place back up on biscuit mountain with grandmother cordelia and this time instead of running a craft fair like she did the last time we met her well not met her the last time we spent time up in her area of the woods uh this time she's running a renaissance festival and apparently you can just do that so it's like a full-blown renaissance festival uh, i don't know if she has ren fair tm but uh Mm. i don't think it matters because what are they going to do fight you I don't think there is a Ren Faire TM. There's so many different Renaissance circuits. Yeah, I just don't don't know how, like... Because, like, there is, like... There's certain ones where, like, performers stick with, like, that circuit or whatever. yeah. Um, But, like, this is great. And, like, honestly, I used to love going to the Renaissance Fair that we have here. um, But, like, it's just the same thing every single year. Yeah, just exactly the same thing. I mean, the shows going never on change. Ten to fifteen, nothing years. ever changed. Oh God, more than that. More than, I'm trying to remember. Um. I, I'm trying to remember the furthest back 
I can remember the like seeing the same acts. Right. Um and so oh, twenty years at least for me. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. Um so I don't think I went to a North Carolina one until the mid two thousands. Right. I mean that's fair. But there's only been like the minorest of changes. The and then also like was also the same. as I got older and more like aware of shit, uh, you know, got more critical of like the sexist ass jokes and shit and just the complete uh ignore like ignoring any like not historical accuracy for like historical accuracy's sake, but like I don't know, just people t- tend to be like buying into this weird, like all white fantasy idea of what the like vague of, Renaissance era of like okay yeah like we're not gonna <laughs> this is not what this episode's about no but no Rena- like people's idea of Renaissance uh, era Europe is a not the Renaissance and <laughs> <laughs> b only marginally European it gets like wild it's yeah. all fantasy shit like it's yeah pretty much all fantasy shit. It's wild. So, yeah. It's like a whole rabbit hole we could dive down there. But anyway, yeah. the point is, is that this Renaissance Fair is like what I wish I could like stumble across or whatever. Because right. it's a lot more focused. And this is what I started doing more in our Ren Fairs the last few times I did go. Is like it's more focused on like the people doing crafts and things like that. And mm-hmm. like, um, you know, demonstrations from real like artisans and things like that. Right. But then they also have this roving um, improv continuing storyline thing yeah. going on from a bunch of like bunch street of, actors or whatever yeah like professional actors. actors yeah yeah and i think that's like the real the real killer feature here was the fact that there's an ongoing storyline over the course of a long period of time that is happening yeah. constantly throughout various parts of the park yeah um, with different actors and different people yeah doing all the like that's the part that was more exciting because like they have little storylines in but it's usually uh one little play happening in one area. It's not. The, it's not over the course of the entire weekend. Yeah. Over the course of you know what I mean. Yeah. Throughout like full day and full weekend storylines, or whatever. That part was cooler, and I wish they did something like that. At, like, this seems like it would be difficult. Difficult to really like pull off. In oh, in real life, you think it'd be harder? <laughs> yeah. You, without the unlimited money, apparently they have to pay all these actors. Uh, what is a reasonable rate for like two months worth of work? Yeah, as opposed to like Iron Fair, where like the vast everybody's majority, a volunteer. Everybody's vast volunteer. majority is a volunteer. Yeah, yeah. There's all these like I high school in, drama students. I looked in some of this; they still don't make money. Like it's, it's amazing oh, yeah. to me. It's like a lot. Of, obviously, they wouldn't be, continue to be doing it if they were making zero, literally zero dollars. But uh, rent fairs can go broke very quickly. Oh yeah. So yeah, you gotta wonder about this year and last year how the rent fairs are doing. Not great. If I, I, imagine. I, I imagine shittily like they tend to be outdoors which is like minorly better but anyway rabbit hole rabbit hole rabbit hole indeed so <laughs> this book is about a ren fair what is it not about is a ren fair uh, during is, the pandemic which is unfortunate i mean but like she was had to have been writing this well before she that like, was a joke that you did i that totally died oh i'm sorry i grandfather just forgetting steamrollered your joke okay yeah. sorry we'll yeah. go back to your joke but I just wanted to note that Don Andrews obviously wrote this book before we realized that 2020 is going to be the year of pandemic. So it is right. set in 2020, but there is not a pandemic. It is set in summer 2020 in the mythical land of Albion where there has not been a pandemic well, there's yet. not been a pandemic. So. <laughs> Oops. But yeah, so Meg is here as Blacksmith and Cordelia's assistant because mm-hmm. it's Meg. Yep. Michael's here being in charge of all the actors. Mm-hmm. The kids are here hanging out. Um, they're finally with the blacksmith. old enough to... Take an interest in blacksmithing. They're humans, so uh, they are now officially they're like, like full on like, like yeah. Like they're adults. 12? They're twelve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're it's adults great. basically. It's great. They're basically yeah. adults. They can blacksmith. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's how you. They know. They can hold a hammer. And then grandfather is here because he thinks it's a. No, oh, no, it's over now. It's done. Wow. He thinks it's a festival for wrens. Like the bird. Like yeah. Like, like owl birds. fest. Exactly. It's a wren fest. Exactly. He just kept hearing people call it wren fest, and this is very true because who wants to say renaissance? That's a long ass word. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The last time I heard outside of like the official literature, right. it referred to as the Renaissance Festival. Right. Right. It's like yeah. I, no, really? not ever. So yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. sucks yeah. to be him. Yeah. But you know, he shows up and ends up visiting the Falconer and decides to stick around. Yeah, him and Falconer Greg become BFFs. Mm-hmm. Falconer Greg, real nice guy. He yeah. let this random. This, I mean, granted. 
Dr. Blake is not a total rando because he's famous, but like, yeah, he's basically still a total rando, just shows up and starts yapping at you about your birds. Mm-hmm. Takes it all in stride. It's like, you know, that's fine. It's Very fine. Much. You know? So, yeah. Shout out to Falconer Greg. We Wasn't... won't, we see a lot of him, but honestly, not that much of him. Like, we see a lot of him. He's delightful. Probably won't factor much in this podcast because there's only so much we can cover. Correct. So, that was, shout out to him. So, all right. Our main He's, conflict here is that Terrence is an asshole. Right. So the whole purpose of this book, or the the first half of this book, centers around uh, an actor named Terrence, who is an awful human being yep. and deserves to die. And now, then, the reasons he was killed he don't does make die. any fucking sense. But at least he does die. Yes. Yes. Um, There's so, so yeah. many good reasons why he could have been killed. Correct. But it is a Megalanzo book. And, and we so want, the murderer is not going to be somebody that we it, like and have justifiable reasons for murder. Exactly. Yeah. We have to have both a murder victim and a murderer be bad people. Correct. So um, Terrence is a bad person. We have a couple of small exceptions to that rule, but generally speaking. Right, on the whole. On the whole. Um, we say he deserved to die in the context of... Um, I would not actually be meeting out vigilante justice, correct, whatever, whatever. Correct, it's bad, and the state shouldn't have the power to murder people. Yeah, I don't believe in capital punishment, so, like, things. I don't know why I decided to do that, even though it's normally state. Yeah, no, he deserves to die. <laughs> I hope he dies, and I hope he burns in hell. He's yeah. not a real person. I believe these both both of these things at the same time. Correct. Anyway. He deserves to die, and I don't believe in capital punishment. They can coexist. I didn't say right. I was going to kill him. I didn't say no. I was the state to kill him. What I'm saying is, though, he deserves to die. if something were to happen, and it ended up with him dead, I would look the other way. I would just kind of like be like, I didn't see anything. <laughs> like, I'm cool. I'm good. Yeah. It's fine. Um, so he's an asshole. He likes to pull practical jokes, which automatically makes him a giant asshole. Yeah. We, this is not a practical joke household. No, because they're almost always mean. They're mean spirited. And I hate the idea that you can do mean things to people and then be like, you can't react. It was a joke. Yeah. So it's me kicking the shit out of you. That's also a joke. Right. My foot to your face is a joke and you can't react because it's fucking funny to me. Right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing. laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing. All right. I'm laughing. Yep. I'll I've be- now pushed your car for cliff. It's funny. <laughs> you can't make any reactions to it. It's funny. And you'll say, well, that's a bit type of different. No, it's not. It's like the problem is that y'all don't know what fucking lines are. He's also, um, he, he does particularly mean-spirited practical jokes at various points, and then he also um, tries to force a force a situation that's going to make a recovering alcoholic uh, drink some alcohol. With massive public peer pressure. With massive public peer pressure, almost certainly forcing him into a relapse because he mm-hmm. is very, like, tenuously, tenuously. He is newly He's newly recovering. Yeah. Um, um, and then he's also just... A sexual harasser. Just serial. Just nonstop. Just yes. nonstop sexual harassing. Yes. Uh, particularly one woman, but like right. just in general, his yeah. presence just kind of exudes sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Um. So is this where I want to put my first rant? Inter- insert here. So I have a bit of a bone to pick with Donna Andrews about this because it's come well, multiple times in these books. Yeah, she yeah. like. Mostly addresses it seriously. I mean, she definitely addresses it as a serious problem, mm-hmm. but she always wants to, and I, I know some of it's in service of the plot, but like once you keep doing this, you now start to create the idea that this is like acceptable. Right. Um, the idea that like, there has to be like a certain level of severity to this to fire him or whatever, or to right. remove, remove him from this situation. Yeah. Um, I will add in a point for you real quick. I looked this up immediately upon reading this part of the Virginia book. Virginia has a right to work state. Yes. I did too. Okay. I did too. Yeah. And there's a, there's another thing, of the, not the right to work, but another statute or whatever that actually applies more directly. But the point is, in Virginia, they could fucking fire him. And you he could fire him about for it. literally any reason. Any reason, There's no, no reason. such thing as wrongful termination uh, in Virginia, nor is there in North Carolina, yeah. nor is there in I'm, South Carolina or Tennessee or Kentucky. I'm generally very anti these laws. Right to work is bad. Full stop. Yeah. But that said, there's no legal rigmarole you have to go through when you want to fire somebody. Like, we're so worried that he's going to sue us. We've on what st- grounds? On what grounds? We've already on established he doesn't have any money either. Correct. Yeah, he so broke. Like, they're like, oh, no, he could bankrupt us. How? With, How? What, with what lawyer fees? He doesn't have any money. You have multiple family lawyers that you could, like, call mm-hmm. up. Like, And no lawyer is going to take that case against you for when – it's – like, what is this contract that he signed? Like, right. Like, for part-time work, um, 
at a Renaissance, at a Renaissance festival. festival. Like, what are, what are these ironclad law contracts you signed or whatever? Did you have a lawyer look over those things? Right. Because I'm pretty sure that, like, you could just fire him anytime. Anyway, continue on. Yeah, it's complete nonsense. So, like, they do the thing where they're like, oh, well, we're going to put him on probation and then make sure that he can't have contact with the one woman who he's, like, harassing the most or whatever. But, like, that's so bullshit. What he's done has already crossed the, the line. Like, they try to be like, oh, well, he hasn't done anything that crossed the line. I'm like, you can't just say he hasn't done anything that crossed the line when he obviously has done things that you've described that crossed the line. Right. Like, he physically grabs her mm-hmm. without her consent. Yes. And, like, doesn't he, like, kiss her without her consent, too? I think... I'm or at least to... comes close to it, tries right. to. Yeah. Like, this is very much... Or he was going to before Grandfather showed up. Yeah. 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 Grandfather intervenes. Not one time, very... at least. Yeah. Grandfather is in favor of just, like... Throwing him out in his ear. Yes. Which is like, good grandfather. Yes. And everybody is like, in general, in favor of throwing him out of his ear. But there's this whole like, oh, well, we're worried we're going to get sued. No. Yeah. No. Yes. Kick him the fuck out. Kick him out. Kick him out. At a certain point in time, you have to kick people out and then worry about the rest of it later. If you want to have a safe working environment or a living environment, et cetera, et cetera. Like, um, I mean, what we what we have been witnessing in this country as of late um, is the re- like the longstanding result of not kicking people the fuck out when you have the chance to, right? Not even when you have the chance to. When you have the moral imperative to do something, right? Uh, and you continue you continue to not do it, and then bad and worse things happen to people mm-hmm. because they have been shown that there is no consequence for their actions. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and you keep giving them chance them after chance after no... chance. Right. Yeah. And then you have good people who will look up and go, I'm good on this situation. I want to be coming back to this because I do not feel safe yes. working in these scenarios. Yes. Right? I mean, it That's makes me think real. of so many, um, and this is like something that comes up a lot on the blog, um, Captain Awkward, and I think it was actually originated on um, the provocacy. Uh, but the, the idea of geek social fallacies and one mm. of them being the missing stare fallacy. Mm. It's basically the idea that like a group of of, of people it doesn't have to be geeks but this is a, a geeky world right. that we were talking about both in context of those blogs and in context of a renaissance festival mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but the idea that like a whole group of people are just kind of like oh yes that's that's bob he's the rapist we just have to keep an extra special eye on him and make sure he doesn't you know rape anybody right and it's like no you don't keep him in the group right but you just you just like this becomes just like an ingrained part of the group. Right. And you just constantly are like, oh yeah, you know, the eighth stair is missing. You just have to hop over it. It's like, no, no. fix the stairs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What do you mean just hop over it? Fix right. the damn stairs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. As somebody who grew up in a house with a broken staircase, I <laughs> yeah, agree. I, I agree. You should fix the fucking stair. I yeah. think that would be the right choice it to make. It applies to many situations. Yeah. Both literal and figurative, fixes yes. there. So yeah. So anyway, this is a thing because at the like she uses almost the exact same language that she uses with, um, Claiborne Spottiswood. God, I pulled that name out yeah, of my hat. Yeah, you sure did. In the house. Yeah. And the um the the one with the murder. The Nightingale the, before. The Nightingale Christmas. before Christmas. Yeah, with yeah. the designer show house or whatever. Correct. It's almost the the same language mm-hmm. of like. Uh, like then she goes on to describe all these acts, which are clear sexual harassment. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's like I know there's a thing or whatever about like not wanting to be like specifically for women, not wanting to be like the spoiled sport or whatever, or like uh, be the spoiled sport. Like, I was already comfortable being the spoiled sport. Mm-hmm. Now working retail during a pandemic, I'm extremely happy being the spoiled sport. Mm-hmm. You know how many times a day I tell people to put their mask on their face properly? I can't even count. Right. It's too many. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, this is one of these things where like, anyway, but that's a thing that comes up and you think it's not okay. Like, and yeah, like, I know it's in terms of the plot, but like, it could also... You could have done the plot Done the plot differently. <laughs> Look, there's plenty of ways to kill Terrence, okay? This could have been handled This could have been handled differently. He could have been tossed out in his ear at that moment. Yeah. And then... Like, it's at the point where it just feels like lazy writing. And that's what mm-hmm. would knock this book down like a star for me. Right. Um, when I was writing on Goodreads, we don't star things on this podcast. So no. whatever. But like it knocked this book down a little bit for me. It's just right. like, I don't need these books to be like intricately plotted. Mm-hmm. But this was just like. Yeah. Ugh. This one, I this is the, this is one where I it really does feel like it forgot it was a mystery novel. <laughs> <laughs> until like, until the end. And I was like, yeah. oh, a mystery novel. <laughs> A mystery is afoot. 
And it's over. So anyway, yeah. so, so Terrence is the victim. Yep. He die. He die. In the woods with a knife in the back. Yep. Shitty knife. Shitty knife in the back. Which gives Meg a uh, fair play to like. To uh, shit on the. Like the, mass produced shitty. Uh, what is the name of the the bounty? The I should have. Bountiful Blades or something yeah, like that. It, it's something a, along those lines. It's the kind of name that you would find at the Renaissance Festival that would sell mass produced shitty knives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's basically like, I mean, if they killed him with that, they must have just got lucky because it would as likely just kind of break off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised it's all the way in there, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a few different suspects. So first of all, this was another thing that just kind of annoyed me was that Falk, um, and Meg's, Tad, and Tad Falk's, um, Meg's blacksmithing mentor and Tad mm-hmm. is his. Husband. They married. At they're married. Yeah, they're definitely married. Yeah, weren't they just engaged in the? They first were engaged. Book that they were in. The, yeah, they were engaged in book three. The last fifteen Rin years Fair, ago. <laughs> the last Fair book. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. Um. Yeah. So his that was husband. like an actual. That was that was the reenactment. Was that the reenactment? I well no I mean yes it was a Renfair isk thing and a reenactment right it wasn't exactly yeah. Renfair that, that was in Yorktown that was in Yorktown yes yeah, they were doing the Battle of Yorktown yes but they also had a fair right so yeah exactly it was basically a Renfair exactly except that it wasn't a Renfair TM <laughs> it was based around what the Revolution the Battle of York yeah the Revolutionary War and the Battle uh, of Yorktown Battle of Yorktown yeah no yeah sure. um, it's all good <laughs> but anyway so they're back. Um, being crass people well falk is a crass person and tad is a computer geek right um and they're suspects again sort. yeah and it's just like really again like yeah. first of all you know they're not gonna be guilty they're Meg's friends right they're not super serious suspects yeah they're it's very also like, light suspects but it's like they they can't be like they can't be happy yeah they can't be happy and you bring like the interracial gay couple back in just to be like unhappy and suspects mm-hmm. like they're unhappy because falk has a medical issue and tad can't find good work that has medical benefits. So he's working this job that he hates because his boss is terrible, but it has medical benefits. Right. And then and his uh, boss hates remote work, which in the year, which, and this is not the one. Again, remote, <laughs> remote work was already a thing beforehand, but I knew a lot of bosses who do not like remote work. In fact, my company right before the pandemic was shutting down remote work opportunities for people. They were like coming like, no, everyone is back in the office, at least like partially other, because we had a lot of people who had the option to remote work and would just not show up for weeks at a time to the office for no other re- like for no real reason. And that's fine; they were able to remote work, but like the the new management come in and was like, "Nah, get your asses into the office." So I know that this is a true thing that a lot of bosses do not like. They want to see people in the building. They don't care if the work is getting done or not. They want to see people's faces in the building, in their seats, eight hours a day or more if they could get away with it. Please, thank you. But um, th- what makes this funny is that this book is supposedly taking place in the summer of 2020. Yes. Where unbeknownst to, <laughs> at the time of writing, I'm assuming that uh, work from home is going to be the thing. Yeah. But Tad's boss wants to see him in the office, so he's rigged up the system because he wants to keep an eye on fault because of his health problems. Um, this is also funny to me because we also have, uh, the way Tad sets it up is that he has a giant green screen. Yes. Um, now we have these like backgrounds and like zoom and stuff correct correct although to be fair those backgrounds are incredibly shitty and you can see instantly that he's not there and what this one does is it's not just like the zoom background thing he has an entire like program set up to have people walking past his office getting coffee he has cameras set up in the office to uh you can also i think like log in from his phone and make it seem like he's in line at a coffee shop correct and, like just taking a break or whatever. exactly yep um so it's a, a very ingenious system but then of course terrence like runs in and ruins it and tells his boss and gets him fired. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because so, Terrence like this is the worst. He's just the worst person. Just, just super terrible. I'm sure there's other bad victims who have died, etc. But like, we've had some pretty, pretty bad victims. Some, but it, Terrence really got my blood boiling. He did in he a did. way. Yes, a lot. He was a very, very hateable victim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, and then we also run into the thing where like, sure, they haven't been any any books since, um. The what, what was it, the third one, whatever book it was, but like theoretically, Falk and Tad have continued to be close friends of Meg's. Yeah, it's mentioned uh, that they're close friends, family yes, friends. And they get name dropped in like one or two books in between or whatever. Right. Um. So like, you're telling me that Meg's brother runs this giant successful uh, gaming company, and mm-hmm. he couldn't possibly 
and he also has good benefits, and he couldn't possibly have hired Tad before now. He couldn't have pushed him before this moment. He couldn't possibly before for now. For the plot. Have whatever. No. no. Yeah. It's they just weird. can't be happy. They can't they let Falcon Tad be happy. Let Falcon Tad be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And to skip around a little bit, um, he does eventually offer Tad a job. Yeah. But then he also gets all like smug and is like, I know something you don't know. Even without me offering him a job, he would have been fine because Cobra. And it's like, I promise you. Cobra sucks, y'all. He doesn't make enough money to afford Cobra. Exactly. <laughs> he he tosses off. You still have to pay the premiums. Like, it's nothing. Right. Like, paying premiums out of pocket is something the average person can just do. For for what is going to be ongoing uh, heart care. For, a, for yes. a major heart surgery. For major heart surgery. Yeah. Um, and like ongoing care and like mm-hmm. a whole, this whole shitty situation. It's like, yeah. is the option to extend your coverage to Cobra, Cobra better than literally nothing? Most times, yes, but Most sometimes, times, yes, no. But not always, it's not uh, always. There are actually, there actually are a number of occasions where uh, paying for Cobra actually ends up being worse for you. Right. So, so like, yeah. Uh, it's uh, Specifically, problems. anybody who lives near any place that has a um, any sort of like functional free clinic do, do not sign up for Cobra. Right. Dump that shit as soon as possible. And it takes longer and it is more frustrating. But it will, like, look, if you, have any, if you need surgery tomorrow, then, like, whatever. But, like, right. in situations that are not that, if you have a surgery coming up in a few months that you know about or whatever, right? Dump Cobra. Uh, go through the clinic. Uh, and go through it that way. Because the financial plans that they have, they, they have set up through your free clinic for people right. who don't have jobs and insurance. Like are going to be, is going to be so much more beneficial for you right. in the long run. The care is right. worse. The the <laughs> time to go through is harder. As someone who's used a free clinic in the past right. and gotten work done through the free clinic, like everything they're working on is of a worse scale. But uh, doing that versus you going through Cobra, like Cobra would have crushed me financially in a way that going through the clinic did not. Right. Even paying out of even paying out of pocket for like a dental surgery, which is not covered through Cobra. Not well, maybe it is now, but at the time it wasn't. Whatever. I don't but think like, dental insurance. No, it's not. But, like, even paying out of pocket for, like... Um, There's occasional digital surgeries that do count as medical. Right. But, yeah. My random tooth exploding did not count no. as a medical treatment, even though it, I feel like it should have. It sucked. Yeah. yeah. But, like, dental care is bad, too. Almost but like, like our system is it's almost bad. like It's almost like your mouth is part of your body, and <laughs> uh, if things go wrong in there, they should be covered uh, along with your health. It's not like teeth are actually not a part of the rest of your body. But or your eyes. Know, I don't know where, like... Um, Virginia stands on like stuff in terms of like the health exchange and like Obamacare mm. stuff and like how that would compare. I'm surprised that didn't get brought up at all. Yeah. But anyway. She knows that the healthcare system is bad. Yes. She does know that the healthcare system is bad. However, mm. I feel like she could have gone harder on that. Go harder on it. Go, Go harder on it. It's time. It's time. For, it's time. You need to turn uh, Don Andrews into a full-on socialist. Like it's, We're working on it. <laughs> I don't know how we're working on that. We don't know her. <laughs> like, my BFF, Don Andrews. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, listen, if you're listening, Donna, call me. I, I can tell you about socialized healthcare yeah. and how it's better for everybody. Uh, nobody should die from being poor. Yeah. That's just a, that's my bold fucking take. Yeah. Just a bold take. Yeah. No one should die from being poor. Agreed. That's, you know, and it's, it is actually easy done. It's actually easily done. We could just do it. We could just do it. Every argument against it is bad. Like every argument against human life over yeah. the made up idea. Yeah, every like literally every argument against it is bad. Yeah. There's not a single valid argument against it. So anyway, um so those that's Tad and Falk who are not they not really suspects. They're never really strong suspects. Because Tad was Tad went to a coffee shop uh, frequented by cops and so definitely he has been seen yeah he was like um so they definitely racially profiled me which is usually bad but hey at least they remember me right because he exactly. had taken Falk to a hospital but the hospital was shitty and they were trying to say that they hadn't actually seen them until later and right. all this kerfuffle about their alibi right right which was clearly just in there for like an alibi purpose etc or something it was weird this book is the most like i can feel the strings book which mm-hmm. i'm i'm gonna give I'm gonna mm-hmm. a little slack i don't know but i'm assuming that part of this was written maybe or like finished writing near the beginning of the pandemic etc mm-hmm. and the editing was done in that time period mm-hmm. and maybe things were a little stressful and we just <laughs> had to fucking slam this shit together at the end right that's my look i am choosing to be generous and magnanimous about this so another um suspect that of course was going to be there doesn't really get pushed super seriously which i'm glad of because um you know it's shitty when the person that is being sexually harassed is also like be like oh you're a terrible person who killed him or something right yeah so diane is the young woman who he is uh 
harassing harassing most aggressively mm-hmm. um she is not much of a character no she gets harassed then she does yoga to try to meet the director fancy director mm-hmm. and then she she sleeps with crickets she sleeps in a, in a, in a little closet in the main house. That she doesn't want to be out. She doesn't want to be outside anymore. But because she wasn't in her tent, she is being suspected of the murder. But like pretty quickly, that seems like that's wrapped off. Fizzles out. Yeah, it fizzles out very quickly. Yep. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's about it. So her like best friend at the fair, Jax, who is an older woman, um, Jacqueline with every letter. Jacqueline, yes. In it. Um, frequently gone known as Jax, which I like. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, is also like kind of briefly sort of suspected because she um well Her she was there is and, that she had an affair with Terrence some time ago. Yeah, but it was like fifteen years ago. Right. It's like that's not really a motive. No, it's, <laughs> it's a terrible motive yeah. to wait fifteen years to stab somebody in a in the in the woods. So also have Nigel, who's like kind of another mild mannered actor. He was the he's the he's the alcoholic who Terrence tried to publicly engage in a feat of drinking. Yes. Uh with uh, pressure from the... Because they were doing a scene. Yeah. In which uh, Terrence pulled some fuck shit, as is per usual. And then he's like, we must toast. And he had two cups, one of which had alcohol in it. Uh, well, but they both had alcohol in it, so they could use whatever. But um, he wanted, it was trying to make the whole crowd turn against Nigel and like like literally publicly boo him for not drinking. Right. Once um, again, grandfather saved the day. <laughs> again, Yes. <laughs> By saying the names of various mushrooms. Yes. He's playing a mushrooms. sorcerer character or whatever. Yes. Um, so he did magic spells. Court alchemist or something. Yes. So he's like, I'll turn you into a frog. Mm-hmm. Whatever, at various points. Yeah, he tried to turn Terrence into a frog by speaking the Latin name of frogs, which yes. is good stuff. It's very good stuff. We like grandfather. and knowing Actually, if you're playing a wizard, knowing the Latin name for things is actually pretty great. Good stuff. It's yeah. good stuff. Um, Court alchemist. It's basically a wizard. Yeah. But uh, Nigel is also being cast in a play that Michael turned down because the director is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And the director's name is Neil O'Malley. And he is also a suspect. Yes. Because he shows up. Turns out he was going to cast Terrence mm-hmm. uh, in the same role that Nigel was told he got. And Nigel was told he got the role, but then Terrence blackmails uh, Neil O'Malley. Yes. Because um, he has some pictures. This just kind of gets, like, dropped in. So, like, <laughs> there's pictures of Neil with some dominatrixes? Yes. On the stage? Yeah, on the stage at the theater. He's at the theater. The, yeah. Right. There's also cocaine, which I feel like is more pertinent. The cocaine is the real is the real feature. One of these is illegal. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised it wasn't weed. <laughs> That's true. I'm surprised she got some hard drugs in there. Yeah. Um, she might have just referred to it as white powder and never specified that it was actually cocaine. It should it double might have check. Been implied. Right. <laughs> I can't quite remember. Implied cocaine usage. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, blackmail photos. But he's not even the murderer. At the he's, end, it seems like he's going to be the murderer. I always knew he was not the murderer. It was murderer. clear he was not the murderer. It was okay. So here's a fun game. How early did you know who the murderer was? Very early on. So, I, it, it, for me... Oh, wait. Do we have any more? Diane, Nigel, Ted Fox, Jacqueline. No, the whole family is safe on this one. Yeah. Uh, Rose Noir makes a random appearance. There's a bunch um, of family members in this. It's hard to, like, yeah. cover all of them. But. Oh, no. I'm just like, I remember... I just remember just now that Rose Noir makes a random appearance. I think that's yeah. our only real appearance. <laughs> she has, like, an herbal stuff shop yeah. at, the, at the fair. Mm-hmm. But, um... Does she have insurance? I don't think so. She doesn't pay for it herself. She probably uses. It. She's probably in the health marketplace because she's a self. She's a she's self-employed. Business. Yeah. Maybe she's secretly on Rob's payroll and pulls just enough to cover her. Maybe health maybe. insurance. <laughs> the the official uh, video game bath salt producer. Yes. Um. Anyway, so yeah. Okay, so I think it was maybe his second appearance in the book mm-hmm. that I knew that he was the murderer. Like before, I think before Terrence died, uh-huh. I was like. Oh, this, is the murderer. Be the murderer. <laughs> this is the murderer. You know? Yeah. It had he had all the telltale signs of being a fucking milksop. Yes. Uh, and so the murderer is Milksop George. That's not his name. His name is George. Actually his name is Milksop George. Yeah. Yeah. Uh he's an actor. He's very mild mannered. He is like the butt of all of Terrence's jokes. 
and he just takes them all in stride and laughs them off. And he's all like, and not even just like laughing them off like, oh, I won't let him get to me. No, he laughs them off like, oh, what a card. He's such mm-hmm. a character. Like, oh, that's just, on, that's just the way Terrence is. It's funny. Like he's in, he's in yeah. on it. He likes Correct. it. Correct. Yes. He's like the one dude who's Who's like cool with, who's like, yeah, he's pro Terrence. Um, which would like, whatever. It's weird. It's a weird move to go down. Like, um, it's always, and I think that's why, like, I always, I knew that it was him, because it's always, like, the, the warm turns sort mm-hmm. of situation. Right. But, like, what was wild about this scenario, at least to me, is that um, there was never a situation where, like, George was safe. Like, I don't feel like George had an alibi, like, a proper alibi. Oh, yeah, yeah. He didn't have anything. Uh, also, George's reasons... Let's insert the rant here. George's reasons for killing Terrence didn't make... They're so paltry. Hold on. His reasons didn't make any fucking sense. Uh, except for, Unless... Like, it's not even a good goop situation. So, like, the goop <laughs> situation is in Meet the Robinsons, where there's this... that apparently no one but us has watched. I uh, know, right? So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain the scene. There's a scene where the villain is talking about why he turned villainous and why he's evil. And he's like... It's because no one liked me and I didn't get to have any fun and I didn't have any friends or whatever. And they sh- and they do this through a scene where he's walking through his school as a child and he's like, no one liked me. And then like none people say hi to him and everybody's being friendly and it's like, no one liked my shit. And then someone will come up, cool drawing, Goob. Like all yeah. the time, everybody was being nice to him and friendly, whatever. And he was like, no one liked me and everyone hated me. And like, let that shit fester in your soul or whatever. And it's the same, basically the same situation because he's like, Terrence was awful to me and no one did anything about it and meanwhile we have like in the book there Meg like four times is like like tell us like, like t- do you want me to talk to him like would you, you like to file a complaint like, right like we could go deal with this right now right. we can handle this literally right now could and we just, even document some stuff without George's like right uh, like authority not authority but like without like him coming banging into yeah. it's like yeah that's like this is not okay. Right. Like the water, like the water balloon thing, because it not just affect George. That affected the costume department having to kind of clean and wash his, um, fancy, fancy, fancy Renaissance, Renaissance garb. Yeah. Uh, made with velvet, which I feel like is a mistake for a Virginia summer. Yeah. Uh, uh, costume sucks. department is, by the way, where uh, mother is. Correct. Um, with her broken foot. With her broken foot. Why does she have a broken foot in this book? To get know. her out. To get her out of the way. Sideline her a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. He doesn't have much of a of a, of a motivation. Mm-hmm. It's kind of paltry. I mean, yeah. I guess it's like shows you what an asshole. He's a bad. Like, he's a bad person, person. But like, like, like it's all there is to it. I wish there was like something, like yeah. one thing to like make it like to make him actually like turn or not or I don't know. Like and he confesses with like very little pressure. No pressure. Like no, okay, none, actually zero because, pressure. So um the the in the climactic scene. Oh, we we are supposed to be convinced that we have found the murderer, and it is Neil O'Malley. Right. And he is looking for Meg in he the has a gun. He has a gun. They are in a dark and quiet area in the middle of the night. So, like, you know, this is this this is like the, even worse in the middle of the night. Everybody's at the like uh, every, evening, yeah. evening feast. Where everybody's whatever. at the yeah. It's not the middle of the night actually. It's like six p.m. or whatever. And not well, it's late not to be dark. But anyway, yeah, yeah. everybody's outside feasting. So the house is empty, and so it's just these two in the house, right? Um. And so, like, Meg catches Neil, right? Or is about, like, they're talking. She hasn't caught him yet. But and she had just found the blackmail pictures, too. So, right. like, everything's pointing to Neil. Everything's pointing to Neil. Everything's pointing to Neil. Um, and then Milksop shows up. And just, like, knocks Neil out. Knocks Neil out. And gun. at this point, he can just be, like, got him. Yeah. And everyone would have arrested Neil. And he Neil would have gone to jail for murder, right? And George would have been away scot free, no issues. As far as we knew up to this point, correct. Because everything at this point, at that, there is no that, evidence being presented for us. Meg has not found anything. Meg has not looked at George. Meg has not even had a suspicion of George nothing yet. Nothing has been referenced. There's like nothing. Like we don't know. And then, yeah. So then George grabs the gun and threatens Meg. A whole series of events happen. George gets captured, and then. After this, after the police show up, after grandfather and dad show up, after the whole thing is solved, it's like, oh yeah, I have some cameras in the woods that, for you're gonna, that we were going to be using for owling. And it saw George and Terrence go into the woods, and only George came back out of the woods. And there's uh, also something with like where he got some 
a little bit of blood on 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 the corner of his costume, yeah, or not his costume, like his shirt or shirt or something like that. Something. Or I don't. There was a little bit yeah. of blood that came yeah. into it. Like there was like now. So it's like now apparently there's heaps of evidence against George. Right. So I'm just like, what was the point of any of this? Right. It just didn't make any sense to me. It just didn't make any sense that like. This like I feel was like there would be a lot more negative than usual about this, and maybe this has just been over a few weeks. Um, it's been be a clear, bad January, kiddos. It's been a bad January. The thing is, the book is fucking delightful. It's a delightful book. It's still well worth your read. It's a great, like, the the, the thing is, everything that doesn't involve sexual harassment <laughs> in the actual murder. Like uh, usual, the murder is kind of optional. We're here for whatever, hijinks. Right? The hijinks are good. Yes. Like, uh, Fal- Falcon or Greg, it's a, it's a fun time. Learning about uh, Gracie and Henry, is his name Henry? Yeah, that's something like Falcons. that. The sad falcon who doesn't hunt. He's not like, sad. He's perfectly content. Okay, the happy falcon who doesn't hunt. <laughs> yeah, he uh, has no predatory instincts. No, he's just he's just cool he's and like, chilling. He's like I can't release him into the wild. He'll die. He'll die instantly. But he's yeah. only like level two falconer or whatever, so he's only qualified to have, have three, three birds. birds. Right, and so his spot is taken up by a stray who got fucked up some years ago, um, who he's taken care of. And what, yeah, can't be released into the wild because she, she's cause old. She and whatever. Messed it's, up or whatever. Right. And now uh this now this bird who can't do shit. Yeah. Won't, and Gracie's a monster, so Gracie's gonna get out there Gracie's and, great, but that's I looked I didn't look the, look up this stuff and I, I mean I knew it would be accurate because Donna Andrews wouldn't get like like well, she's, she not, she's, she's not she's not twenty seven she's twenty seven books into the series. She'd figured out how fucking birds work. But yeah, apparently uh with falconry there's Obscure like falconry certifications. Sure. <laughs> I don't know what the certifications shit, but like yeah, there's like levels of birding birding birding. The catch and release program or whatever and the way you can like pick them up. Um you can uh rescue baby birds from like from the nest. Um, if they are in danger, mm. um, if it's like there's a like, if a, like for instance, if you are pretty sure that a parent has died, mm. and there is a baby bird in the nest that is not quite, that is not yet ready to wing, right? You are allowed to take it from the nest and whatever. You cannot catch a bird out in the wild, and well, for most birds, like for instance, I know this is true for crows. Mm-hmm. You cannot catch a crow out in the wild and then keep it as a pet, but. We actually live not too far from a raptor rescue place. We should we should go there at some point before um not before after yeah after 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 um, <laughs> in the after times I've been past it before um but I might have been there in my younger days oh I've definitely been there right been, yeah it's, it's just been it's been a, it's been a while um, very small <laughs> not sure I've been there since but yeah but like no I'm pretty sure I have on school filter filter I know that in this state I am allowed to take a baby crow from the nest if I am. Uh, fully aware that the it is in danger, right? Whatever, but I am not You're allowed to do to so. Then, like, convey safe. it to a certified wildlife rehabilitator or whatever, right? Like, it's a, if you're if yeah, you're supposed if to. If possible, if possible, is whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you're a complete wild ass, I guess no one's going to stop you. I mean, yeah, it's like, like who's going to know, sort of things, right? But... You're going to be real sad when you kill it because you don't know the fuck you're doing. Yeah. But like, if I was prepared, I could get the bird from the nest. Right. Nestling, whatever. But the point is that you're supposed to uh, get it to a point where it is now able to take care of itself. Yes, and then release it. And then release it. Yeah. Uh, the problem with doing that with crows is that they'll come back and say hi to you. I don't see how this is a problem. A lot. Um, I told you, I, I mentioned the story uh, when I was living in Japan, uh, my BFF, the crow, yeah. who would just sometimes squawk at me while I'm walking, like taking the, tr- not taking the trash out, but like when I was walking to class, mm-hmm. would like usually have a piece of trash in his mouth and then squawk at me and then hop, like literally like follow you to the train station, just hop backwards, <laughs> um, squawking at me, uh, probably cause I'm the only service who ever talked back. Mm. So there's that. There's, <laughs> like a good conversation. I mean, I don't see why not. Very was nice enough to say hi, so I figured I'd say hello back. It was especially in the early days when I didn't like. The, You're just like compulsively saying hi to everybody, so you wouldn't mm-hmm. seem rude. Ohio, Ohio. <laughs> to everybody, everybody I meet, including the crow. Yes. Including the crow was talking. Uh, good morning, Mr. Crow. How are you doing? Yes. Uh, so yeah, that was fun. And yeah. then, yeah, crows are weird. Anyway, not the point. That's how that is how falconry works. So good job. Yeah. So. Good book. Mm-hmm. Has some frustrating aspects. Yeah. And the thing is, the sexual harassment line is like three lines in the book it's or whatever. Last it's long. A, like, it's just like, it's just a thing. It just it's caught a, on it. And like, given the givens in the world today. Yeah. Not that it's in a whatever. mood. 
Well, it's, always, it's always a problem. But it's always a problem. Given uh, January, if the, if for some reason you're listening to this in like the future, like the far future, because you're a total wackadoodle, um, this is January 2021, uh, and we live in the United States of America. So uh, look that shit up. It's been wild. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and I think part of the part of the thing is it's it's that Donna Andrews is generally like on the progressive side, especially in like the cozy mystery genre. You know. Facts. Um. The modern, especially the modern day cozy mystery genre. Saying a lot. Uh, but, uh, so she does treat it as though sex harassment is a serious thing or whatever, like much mm-hmm. more so than, than uh, authors. And the problem is, like, it's that problem of someone who's, like, almost there. Yeah. And you're just so much extra frustrated because they're not all the way there. They're, right. they're almost there. Right. You want and that creates just, like, that the little, actual little yeah. twist of frustration. Right. Um, Audrey Lord writes about this. Mm. Not about Donna Andrews. No, but with that sense of like frustration. Yeah. At someone who's like almost there. That's the right. sort of thing she would write very like resonantly well about. about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the nineteen eighties. But yeah, you know. I mean it never ends. <laughs> yeah. It never ends. That's true. So on that bright note. Yeah. So that's the end of this book. The next one might be Nine Fox Gambit. It might not be. Who knows what we're going to talk about the next time we show up. Yeah, we'll try to do Nine Fox Gambit. Um, you have five. I think I have like four or three. Who knows? We'll see yeah. how it goes. Look, we're going to read more books. We're going to read more we're gonna books. We're going to say more things we're about those about books them. or whatever. This one went way long. I had to rant. It was necessary. I feel it's better fine. now. It's fine. That's good. I'm glad you feel better about it. But um, going forward, uh, school starting up, uh, work is continuing to happen. So, pandemic is continuing to happen. That is true, and so I'm just saying uh, there's a lot on our slash my plate at the moment. Correct, and so some of us are frontline essential workers, right? And also in school, and also surviving in the world in 2021. That's true. That's true. So the next episode will show up whenever it does. Yeah, we have a couple of archived like mini episodes or whatever that we might throw out there mm-hmm. um, that we recorded just like at random points throughout right. the last couple of years. So. Yeah. Who knows what they're about? Throughout the random hiatus, the hiatai. <laughs> yeah, what is the hiatuses? hiatuses? I'm pretty sure it's hiatuses. I'm pretty oh, sure it's a hiatuses. Greek root. I'm pretty sure it's a Greek root, so it's hiatus. It would be hiatuses. I can never keep track of roots. Oh, this was this is like a random trivia question from like forever oh, sure, ago. Sure. But I don't, I don't, I don't. It's like how it's octopuses, and people yes. always want to say it's octopi. It's not they octopi, always want to correct you. They want to be like, "Oh, I'm so smart. It's octopi." No, it's not. Sorry, Octop- they break it to octopuses. you. Octopuses. Also, I don't care. Greek root, but it's octopuses. Yeah. I don't care if you say octopi. It sounds funny. It sounds better. It's funnier. I like saying octopodes. Octopodes is actually the best. It just it's the best nice. of them. It's great. But if you're going to correct me on what the answer is, please actually be correct. And don't well, correct actually. me. Don't don't well actually me when you're wrong. Right. Right. So that's yeah. all. That's all I'm saying. All uh, right. Well, which I'm prone to do. So who like who is me casting stones at black pots? <laughs>